And beginning at verse 40, here in Matthew 10, we read the following. The one who receives you receives me, and the one who receives me receives him who has sent me. The one who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward, and the one who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever shall give one of these little ones even only a cup of cold water to drink in the name of a disciple, truly, I say to you, he shall not lose his reward. Let's speak a word of prayer real quickly. Gracious Father, whose blessed Son, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven to be the true bread which gives life to the world. Evermore give us this bread, that He may live in us and we in Him, who lives and reigns with You and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Jesus in... Matthew chapter 10 is sending his disciples out as emissaries. They are his representatives, his ambassadors, his people who are being sent out, who have been commissioned, who have been called to his side, who have been called to his feet, who have been called to learn from him. And he is sending them out to minister to the surrounding peoples. And he sends them as emissaries. It's fascinating what Paul says about the church. He calls the church the body of Christ. We are Jesus' living and tangible presence in His world. A world that He created and a world for which He died. We are His presence, His body. He has returned to the right hand of the Father. And the Scriptures tell us that He lives forever to make intercession for us. Pleading in our behalf. And we are to mirror that behavior in our living. Pleading for the world. Representing Him. Going out as His disciples. As emissaries. Paul said we are ambassadors on God's behalf. As if God were pleading through us to be reconciled to Him. Jesus' people are not just a collection of club members who happen to think alike or believe alike or dress alike. They're His people, His followers, His disciples. An old Jewish proverb says, A messenger for a man is the man himself. And so Jesus, as He sends out His disciples as His emissaries, He tells them earlier in chapter 10, that there will be towns that will reject and there will be towns that embrace their presence. And he tells them here, he whoever, whoever receives you receives me. Whoever receives me receives the one who sent me. We are ambassadors for Christ. His people. His body. His presence. Something real and tangible. Not just something spiritual and hidden. Not just something mysterious. But real and living. In His world. The world He created. The world 
for which he died. The world for whom he is pleading to be reconciled. And you and I are caught in the midst of it. Any of us who have heard the voice of Jesus to come must also hear the voice of Jesus to go. For He is sending us out. He loves what He sees here on Sunday mornings, but this isn't enough. This doesn't satisfy Him. As um, the, the, uh, the quote that I've used oftentimes from the old Scottish Presbyterian, George MacDonald, God is easy to please, but hard to satisfy. He's pleased with His church, but He's not satisfied. There are too many outside of it. He's pleased with His people, but He wants more. He wants more. And so He sends you and me in the midst of our daily living. He sends us, for we live in the world. We are not escapists. We, don't, we, we, we are not just hunkering down, hoping to one day make it to heaven. Instead, we bloom where we're planted, and Jesus has very clearly planted us in the midst of the world. In fact, the night He was betrayed in His high priestly prayer, He prayed to the Father, I'm praying not that you would take them out of the world, but that you would protect them within it. Jesus doesn't want you in heaven yet. He wants you here now as His emissary. We have work to do. I have work to do. You have work to do. And Jesus is calling. He tells His disciples that whoever receives them receives Him, and therefore whoever also receives Him receives His Father. Elsewhere, He tells His disciples that whoever rejects Him rejects the Father. Whoever has missed Him has missed God entirely. Because He is the Son of the Father. He is Emmanuel. We're not too far removed from Christmas pity on us if we've already forgotten that He is God with us, Emmanuel. He is not just a messenger come from God. He is not just someone who's come to teach us how to be a better us. He is the eternal Son who became one of us. On the night He was betrayed, Jesus was in conversation with, with His disciples and He told them, where I'm going, you can't yet go. And you remember one of the disciples spoke up and said, well, where are you going? If you just tell us, tell us where you're going and the way, we'll get there. And He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except by Me. And then He went on to... They said, well, just show us the Father. What are you talking about? Have I been with you this long and you still you don't get it? He who has seen me has seen the Father. Those who would refuse the rescue offered 
are those who have refused to be rescued. I remember an old story. Um, When I was a kid, uh, of this awful and dramatic flood, and a man sitting on the roof of his house waiting to be rescued, and a boat comes by, you know, a little fisherman in his fisher boat, and he says, come on, come on, I've... You know, I, I've, I, I'm going to take you to safety. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm waiting on Jesus to rescue me. I'm waiting. God's going to do something powerful here. Oh, okay, okay. Helicopter comes by. Come on, we're going to lower our ladder. Climb up the ladder. We're going to get you to safety. No, 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 no. God's got this. He's, he's going to handle it. God's going to rescue me. A few other rescue attempts come and still the man. No, no, no. He drowns. He makes it to heaven somehow in his foolishness. And he says, God, what happened? I was waiting on you. He said, I sent a boat and a helicopter and all sorts of things. What were you expecting? Jesus, the eternal Son of God, has come to rescue us. And to refuse Him, to say, nope, I will not be rescued on those terms. I will only be rescued on my terms is to refuse the rescue that's been provided. To follow Jesus is to embrace the Father because He is the eternal Son of the Father. He is the one in whom the Father has been pleased. He is the one, Jesus referred to Himself countless times as the one sent by the Father. And he refers to God the Father countless times as the one who sent me. He is the one who it pleased the Father to send in our behalf to rescue us and to redeem us. To reconcile the world to God. He is Emmanuel. God with us. God in our midst to redeem us. Jesus told his disciples very odd things, which I love that these are in the gospel accounts because they make it uh, even more believable. You know, for all of the, um, for all of the, uh, the false teachings of, of those who would say, well, the scriptures were written, you know, quite a bit later and things were added and they were kind of fluffed up a bit and none of this stuff is historically reliable. We know none of the miraculous happened. That was put in sometime later so as to make him, you know, kind of godlike. You find these quirky little things that are weird and odd and that would not be left in the text if they didn't really happen. After all, they make it kind of weird. Jesus said, He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. What in the world does he mean by that? I don't presume to know completely. It seems that he's saying that those who receive a prophet as a prophet, and what is a prophet but one who's sent by God to be his mouthpiece. And he who receives a righteous man as a righteous man, 
What is a righteous man but one who God has made right and one who God has made to be righteous? He who receives them as they are receives them as God's gift. God has come. God has a word for us. God wants to do something in us. And those who receive others who God has placed along their paths and in their lives as gifts from God receive blessing and benefit. To receive someone as if he is a gift from God is to necessarily value and honor him. Now think about the people in your life. Think about the troublesome people in your life. Those who cause you pain and heartache, those who frustrate you, those who inconvenience you, those who just aggravate you and just make you angry. Let's not be pretentious. We, we all know we get angry and frustrated and frazzled and we get our, you know, our uh, feathers ruffled every once in a while. But think about the people that God has placed in your life. Those people that you sometimes wish, man, why? Do you see them as people that God has placed in your life? Or do you see them as burdens and challenges and problems and issues? We've all got issues. We're all weird. We're all quirky. We all have, for all of our perfection, we have idiosyncrasies that drive other people bananas. Do we receive others as gifts from God? That person with a bad attitude and you're thinking, why am I giving this person money and they're treating me like this? I'm paying for these groceries and she can't smile. I'm not going to leave a tip because they seem rude. Do we receive the people in our lives as gifts from God? Because if we say we do, that has significant and eternal implications. Jesus said, Whoever gives so much as a glass of cold water to one of these little ones, even in the name of a disciple. Notice he doesn't say, in my name. He says, even in the name of a disciple. He will be rewarded. He words it kind of even more positively. He will not lose his reward. It seems Jesus is in immediate context talking about children. One of these little ones. You remember elsewhere Jesus said, whoever leads one of these little ones astray be better off tying a stone around his neck and being cast out into the sea. He'd have been better off not being born to begin with. Jesus thought very highly of children. But I don't think this is applicable strictly to how we interact with children. That's the most immediate thing and if we can't figure out how to see children as a gift of God, then we're 
in a whole heap of hurt. But those people that we see as annoyances, those people perhaps that we forget about, those people that we take for granted, those little ones, there are people that you and I pass by every single day and we think nothing of it. I'm not trying to um, give the impression that we can treat every single person in life as though they are our best friend. That would be impossible. None of us would ever accomplish anything in life. We would simply be talking and smiling you know, the rest of our days and work would never get done and papers would never get graded and you know, projects would never be completed and that sort of thing. But I am implying what I think the, the scriptures necessarily call us to and that is to find value in others. Not to see them in their problems but to see the value of who they are. And to give ourselves toward increasing that value. God has placed you in the lives of others and He has placed others in your life as gifts. Not as problems, not as stumbling blocks, not as issues needing to be dealt with, but as gifts to you and to me. Those people that annoy us are blessings to us. I forget which one, but one of the church fathers uh, said that, that those people that annoy us, we ought to thank God for them because God wants to cleanse us through those annoyances. God wants to purify us. He wants to make us holy. And He does that through others. Somebody with whom we too quickly lose our patience is somebody through whom God wants to make us more patient. Somebody who drives us nuts is somebody through whom God wants to teach us how to have peace and to rest. Who are those little ones? I mentioned this text from Acts chapter 3 a few weeks ago. It's the text of Peter and John heading to the temple. It's... It's... Uh, I think it's telling that the story is just presented as, yeah, they're headed to the temple to pray. It was the hour of prayer. It was the ninth hour. They're heading on to the temple to pray. And as they're passing along, there's a beggar asking for alms. And he looks at them. You remember Peter says, silver and gold, I have not. I'm not a rich man. I can't meet all of those needs. But what I have, I'll give you. In the name of Jesus, take up your bed and walk. And I think the text says that Peter helped the man up. 
which is another just fascinating, quirky detail. He helps him up. Wonder if he rolled up his bed for him. I believe the man then went into the temple with them. Just along the way of life. Now this coming Saturday, Lewis has been planning us to, for us to give out bottles of water here at Oregon Park. That's taking quite literally what Jesus is talking about here. I believe Lewis has made arrangements for coolers and Bags of ice, cold water, not in a glass, but in bottles. And along the path of life will stand. Literally the path of Frisbee golf, from one hole to the next. And we'll just try to be a blessing to those who are sweating, who are hot, who didn't maybe bring a bottle of water because it would just be more to carry. We'll give them an opportunity to just sit and visit for a bit, drink a bottle of water, or just head on. Taking that literal idea of being along the path of life and thinking a little bit more figuratively, I want you to consider a couple of questions. Who has the Lord Jesus placed upon your path? And perhaps even more fittingly, along whose path has He placed you? Who are those little ones? Those who are so easy to forget about. Those who are so easy to take for granted. Those who perhaps drive you nuts. Who are they? They are God's gift to you. And He wants to make you and me to be His gift to them. And if we will take that seriously, if we will take seriously the way that God works in the lives of others, because He always uses people, in your life, you did not come to God in a vacuum, you came through the influence of others. If we will take that seriously, and if we will seriously see others as gifts from God, then God will be able to make us a remarkable blessing to His world. And others will receive you. And when they receive you, they will be receiving Jesus. 
And when they receive Jesus, they will be receiving His eternal Father. I can be so bold as to say that because I'm just quoting Jesus here. Who are they? Where are they? 